Making the world a more beautiful place, Artemis publishes artists and writers from the Appalachian region of the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia and beyond. This is the time when we need to write and make art for the sake of healing our souls and enriching our communities. Welcome to Artemis Speaks. Hello, I'm Jerry Rogers. And today I'm going to be speaking with one of America's most celebrated poets. She challenges us with powerful and deeply personal collections of poetry that speaks truth to power while illuminating the depths of her own heart. Nikki Giovanni, poet, activist, mother, and professor, is a seven-time NAACP Image Award winner the first recipient of the Rosa Parks Woman of Courage Award and a holder of the Langston Hughes Medallion, the author of 29 books and a Grammy nominee for the Nikki Giovanni Poetry Collection. She is a university distinguished professor of English at Virginia Tech in Blacksburg. And we are thrilled to have her here today. Nikki has had a long journey with Artemis, and we have just welcomed her to be our distinguished poet on our board of directors. So welcome, Nikki. So good to have you here today. Oh, I'm so glad to be back. I'm a, I am a big fan of Artemis, and I am honored to be on the board, a distinguished uh, member of that. I think that you all know more than I do, but... <laughs> I, <laughs> It's it's nice to sit down, and I want to thank you for coming to visit with my class and to help them see a real publisher. That uh, it's important that there's it's important to write, but then it's important to be able to share it. And it was so kind of you to come and to talk to my students and to help them see the rest of the the profession, actually, the business. Well, I loved visiting your students so often. You know, we're back in the office on the computer doing layout or whatever, and we see the results of writing. But you you are a professor of English at Virginia Tech, and how fortunate for these students to have you as a published poet teaching them. And, you know, you're amazing. You, you've been outspoken for over 50 years in all the books that you have published. You have never shied away from controversy. You take on racism. You, you know, you get into politics at times, and it seems like every— Every time I open up the New York Times, you're being interviewed. And the last thing I saw was you had your recipe for butter fried chicken. <laughs> you're New just, York Times, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You're, well, you know, people love to hear from you. And, and I so enjoyed your, your class. Talk to me about how you approach your class with your students. You know, these are aspiring writers. They are. Uh, of course, Tech has great students, but we're not the only people who have great students, but we are fortunate to have great students. But the first question that I ask my students is, what is the number one best-selling book? And nobody ever knows. <laughs> yeah. not, not, 
not a single one of them. So my next statement is, well, why would you want to be something that you don't know what it is? So <laughs> let's, let's write and not even worry about it because we're in, as you know, a profession that a lot of people, and, and I am not being sad about this, but you're mostly dead before anybody realizes you're a genius. So <laughs> it, it's true. Yeah. Who, who would have thought that? that and, and this is sad that uh, Anne Frank's diary that she was just keeping every day. Who would have thought what that would have meant? to the history of the world. But who would have thought that the Bronte sisters, we would be reading them today. And I want my students to say, you can't think about what you're selling because if you want to sell something, I'm going to urge you to stand on a corner, which I know. <laughs> and they said, oh, Nick, you didn't say that. <laughs> well, I kind of did. But what you want to do is you want to write something that is that is meaningful to you and that that has something to do with the times, hopefully, in which you live, that which you enjoy, that wherever it is that you are. Because right now, as a writer, you are your most important audience. You are your first reader. The second reader is going to be, of course, the editor is going to be people like you, uh, Jerry. But you are your first reader, and it has to, your work has to please you. You have to say to yourself, oh, that's, that's not bad. Because if you look at it and say, mm, it's not good, then you should throw it away. <laughs> it's that simple. I think that's great advice. Here's a quote I found in your biography. Your quote, my dream was not to publish or even to be a writer. My dream was to discover something no one else had thought of. I guess that's why I'm a poet. We put things together in no ways that no one else does. So is that is that what you're trying to imply to your students? Of course, it is something that we still are doing. And now, you know, Jerry, that we're doing space. And I am uh, I am a space freak. I, I, I love the idea of, of going into the galaxy. But you know that uh, we are putting a library on Mars. And we've already put one, one uh, uh, I guess it's a CD, but it's a... a, a, a just a round thing with, with libraries. And with the space, with the uh, shuttle that just landed, we put another. Now, I don't know, and I'm laughing, Dr. Robertson is the one in, uh, ahead of that. And we've been working on that together. He, he invited me to be a part of that. We've been working on it for a couple of years. And he said, you know, don't you think this is important? I said, Dr. Robertson, I think it's kind of arrogant because we're assuming that there will be something called Martians and, yeah. and they will pick up this, this CD and they will understand English and they will listen, <laughs> and they will listen to it. And he said, no, that's not what I said. I, I know. But what we're doing is we're trying to say we are here. And it may be a hundred years that some life form lands on Mars and finds our disc and our disc will be like music to them. It won't have, the words won't make any sense. There'll be a pop, pop, a do, ba, da, and they'll say, wow, listen to that. It won't be as you and I are speaking. It will be the rhythm that we put together. And somebody, some life form will make some sense out of it and say once there were some people from the, in the third planet from the yellow sun, and this is how they spoke. This is how they communicated. And it's like music. And that's what I want my students to think about. A hundred years from now, 200 years from now, when an, what we are calling an alien life form, but actually we are 
alien. <laughs> if you think about it, we are the life form. But when we are there, what will we do? We will, we will talk to each other, and we talk to each other through music. I'm sure you saw, and everybody's been laughing, and, and this is a, everybody's been laughing at me about that, because Dr. Bolden, Charles Bolden, when he was head of NASA, came to Virginia Tech and visited with the English students. The engineering students were so upset with me. They said, you didn't let us know. We could have had 500 people. And I said, yeah, but I didn't want 500 people. I wanted him to talk to the poets and the writers, to the dreamers. And one of the things I was saying to Dr. Bolden is how are we going to get the wine to to space? How are we going to do that? Because <laughs> wine comes, comes in a bottle and it's heavy. And he said, you know, we'll have to think it through. I said, now the engineers can help. But you probably <laughs> saw in the paper yesterday, they have taken five bottles of wine from the cellar. They did. And uh -huh. these are old wine. These are great wines, actually. And they brought them back now. And they haven't. They had a tasting. And the old ones that had spent a year in space were tasted against those that had stayed in the cellar. And we found out that those who were in space, of course, tasted just as good, if not, if not better. And now what we have to do is find a way to get the liquid up there. But I had to laugh because my students and I, and they said, Nikki, you're, you're always talking about wine. I said, no, we know that as we have explored Earth, the one thing that we needed was other people and something to laugh and sing and talk about. So when we first started to have our ships go, they didn't, they didn't have anything. They didn't have books. They didn't have any sort of banjo, guitar, any of that. And the people, as you know, if you study history, were killing each other. They, they, yeah, yeah. they were. And somebody finally said, well, you know, they need entertainment. <laughs> and because they were mostly men, they said, you know, why don't we invite some women? And that's not a bad thing. It's just, why don't, we, why don't we invite other people to be with us? And as they invited a diverse group, we found that you could explore it. So Christopher Columbus, for example, had a diverse group. Now we know Columbus was lost. We know that because he ended up calling the people he discovered here and he discovered them, they were not lost, that <laughs> he was lost. And he called them Indians because he thought it was in India. But we also know that he brought food and wine and he brought songs and that's what's important. So we know as we go into space, Poetry is important. And whatever else it is that we take on this International Space Station, we have to take not necessarily books. And I'm not against books. But if we took, and if we are, as we are taking poetry, as we're taking anthologies, if I had an opportunity, take, take, uh, take Artemis. Because I can read Artemis over and over again, because the base there is poetry. And every time you read a poem, you get something different out of it. So I can take one Artemis and I can take it with me for a year, for two years on the International Space Station and never be lonely. Every time I want something, I can open up an Artemis and I can say, oh, I hadn't noticed that in the poem. And that's what we're trying to teach the students. And that's the kind of thing that you're sharing. That's beautiful. I love that. Well, you know, we're we're putting the first woman up on Artemis three to go to the moon. 
uh, and that's supposed to be in 2024. So I think this is a great opportunity. They should have Artemis on there, and I think the next publication, we're now working on 2021. We haven't quite printed it yet, but next year, 2022, I think we need to think about tying in with Artemis III going to the moon with the first woman and man. And I think Artemis would be great. So maybe that might be our theme for 2022. I love the idea. Love the idea. That would be fun. Absolutely. Well, so your latest book, Make Me Rain, was just recently released. And uh, it's a beautiful book. And I just want to read a little bit about, uh, about the introduction. Uh, in Make Me Rain, Giovanni celebrates her loved ones and unapologetically declares her pride in her black heritage while exploring the enduring impact of twin sins of racism and white nationalism. She reaffirms her place in a uniquely vibrant and relevant American voice, which are poems in her latest book, Make Me Rain. So how did you come up with the title? What is Make Me Rain about? Well, Make Me Rain actually is an old jazz tune. Uh, it was never uh, what, what we would call a hit, but it was an old jazz. It's been around for a long time. And I was just listening to, because I listen to jazz a lot, which also, Jerry, is one of the things I say to my students. I think you should listen to two things. You should listen to spirituals and you should listen to jazz. And then the rest of it is going to be built on top of that. But that, that's very important. And listening to Make Me Rain, I, I, I was just thinking, well, what, 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 uh, and it's a trumpet that, 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 that created that. I said, what's he saying? Well, rain does everything. It, it, it will freeze. It will fall and become snow. It will build up. Actually, we've had a couple of really serious avalanches. And who would think that the avalanche that actually unfortunately and, and, and sadly, I must say, uh, came down on the village and killed, uh, I think, six or seven people. Who would think that rain could do that? Because rain was not upset. They, rain was not angry. It's just what rain, what rain, yeah, rain is what, what rain does. And of course, we cannot function. We cannot live without rain. We can live. You and I can live a long time without food. We, we can uh, just sit there and skip and skip's office and, 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 and say, okay, we're just going to huddle down and we'll get a, get ourselves because a, 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 it's, it's, you know, freezing outside or something. We'll get a blanket. We'll, we'll, and we'll be, and that we can, we can make it. We'll, we'll be all right, but we can only live so long without water. We will have to, we don't have the food. Six days go by, seven days go by, 40 days go by. We can make it, but we can't go without water. And so if you could be anything other, I would urge everybody to be a woman because I think women are the best things in the world. And I think, <laughs> I think I black it. women, oh, I just think black women are, are, are the, we're the, ooh la la, black women have, have, have made uh, uh, the world in, in many, many respects. You've so got you it going, don't you? <laughs> you can't be a black woman, you can be a white one, but... <laughs> I'm just glad to be a woman. <laughs> it is. But you know that you have to have, the egg has to have a yolk. We know that. And it's the yolk 
that's going to produce the next generation. We know that. And so we, we know that it is so important as we're making those transitions to keep that life alive. We have to have that yoke liquid. We have to have that idea that something will grow. And I have, um, you haven't been to the house recently, but I, I have, uh, they tease me. My bedroom is like a, a forest now because my mother died. Um, it is. Mommy died about uh, now 14 years ago. And people were very kind and sent flowers. You know, I am uh, very fond of, uh, when I die, do not say in place of flowers, none of that. Send me my flowers. <laughs> <laughs> And mommy had these flowers. And so I took a piece of, of as many of them as I could. And I, I dropped them in, in water. And that's been 14 years now. And they're in my bedroom. They still are growing. There's still a life there. So I'm a big fan of the spirit. Because I have to think that mommy's spirit is a part of the reason that those vines have continued to grow. And I say that to my students. You have to listen to the inside. You have to listen to your heart. Yes, that's beautiful. I love the idea of the yoke and, and the continuation. Uh, and I think that uh, women's eggs in, in our ovaries have uh, you know been passed down. There's been a genetic pattern that has come through multiple generations that precede us. So you know, it, it, women, I mean, obviously, I think women are terrific, and I have a, a journal that celebrates uh, feminism, and, you know, but we're all inclusive with men, too. But, uh, you know, your your words uh, can create a life and, and can be a continuum, and you have done that with how many books, 27 books you've published? That's just amazing for a poet. I mean, really, let's talk about that. You started in the 60s. You were, you know, just this young, you know, kind of, ra you were radical. I mean, you're still radical in my mind. I love that about you. So. I, I was young, but uh, I just keep writing and, and doing what I know how to do. And I hope that it is um, useful. I need to say one thing, and you brought it to my attention. Uh, I wasn't excluding men. Right. Men tend to exclude women, and so they need to stop that. I am the mother of a son, so I want to say, you know, and yes. I, I'm glad he's a great guy, and I, I really love him. But it's important that the men quit excluding the women. Yes, and, and, and I have two sons as well. So, yeah. you know, I celebrate men. I love men and, you know, I have yeah. a great husband. And, you know, yeah, yeah. so, you know, we need men. We just want yeah. to participate in, in more of a, a fair equation. Yeah, but it's also very, very important that the men quit being afraid of the women, as it is important that white nationalists quit being afraid of their black and brown and yellow citizens. It, 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 this has to stop because they want to call themselves something else, but they're running in groups, killing people. And lately, the, the white uh, nationalists have been beating up and killing old Asian or people that they think are Asian. They don't know when one from the other. And you think, well, how can you call yourself superior if all you're doing is, is beating up and killing 80-year-old men? What, how did that make you great? And, and I, I think that this is something that has to stop. And this is something that poetry, particularly, has been fighting against for a long time. It has to stop. What are you afraid of? Why don't you sit down at home and read some poems 
and and get yourself some you know cashews and you know just <laughs> you, you need some and a lot of them are beer drinkers i don't drink beer i, I cook with it so get yourself some beer and and sit down and learn something about yourself and the history and do a little better than be afraid of people who are not like you because all of us are like each other because we're all on the same planet that's right. And it, it does come from fear. It's obvious. I mean, why do they have their big guns and their semi-automatics? And yeah, it's it's really been something. And hopefully we're uh, evolving out of that. But it doesn't look that way with the past experiences of this last week. So, well, that would be a whole program to explore. Mickey, yes. we're, we're, we're going to uh, go ahead and start shutting down this podcast. It's been delightful to have you here. I have so many other things I wanted to talk to you about. But I was wondering if you have a poem you could read for us as we close out this podcast. Oh, I would love to read the title poem from the book, Make Me Rain. Perfect. Make Me Rain. Turn me into a snowflake. Let me rest on your tongue. Make me a piece of ice so I can cool you. Let me be the cloud that embraces you or the quilt that keeps you dry. Snuggle close. Listen to me sing on the windowsill. Make me rain on you. It's just a love poem. I'm always writing love poems. I love it. Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you so much for Thank joining you. us today. I have been speaking with Nikki Giovanni at the Final Track Studio with my co-producer, Skip Brown, the magician that makes it all happen. Thank you, Skip. And thanks again to my audience for joining us. Until next time, take care. Help me Will we all lost track of time, yeah Nobody takes the time You've been listening to Artemis Speaks. Artemis is a charitable organization now 43 years old and has evolved to be all-inclusive, a journal with essays, poetry, and art. 10% of the journal's sales are donated to a woman's shelter in Southwest Virginia. If you're interested in learning more, artemisjournal.org. You can mail us directly, P.O. Box 505, Floyd, Virginia, 24091. The closing music and the opening music you're listening to is Jordan Harmon. And the song is Just Slow Down, a very appropriate comment for the times that we're in. If you want to read, you have to slow down. Artemis Speaks, the podcast, is recorded twice monthly at Final Track Studios in Roanoke, Virginia. All rights reserved and is co-produced by Jerry Rogers skip round.
best you know You gotta be yourself Cause yourself is all you got And all you got is what you need Look in the mirror, see it clearer The answer's staring at you And so just slow down in life Because you can't buy back your time And you know you can't lose touch Of those things That you love so much so much So just slow down if you've got to, baby Just slow down if you've got to Just slow down if you've got to, baby Just slow down Yeah, just slow down if you've got to, baby Just slow down if you've got to Just slow down if you've got to, baby Just slow down Just slow down if you've got to, baby Just slow down if you've got to Just slow down if you've got to, baby Just slow down Just slow down if you've got to, baby Just slow down if you've got to Just slow down if you've got to, baby Just slow down